You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome, everybody, to We Have Issues, Geek Elite Media show that's about everything literary. Books, comic books, webcomics, manga, and everything else you might be reading. As always, we're here to talk about it. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined, first of all, as always, by my Star Wars sidekick, who is constantly at my side. Host what? You know what? I'm just going to ruin this episode already. Pun intended. This episode's going to be a treat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really, really excited about this one. Um, we've been doing some interviews lately, and this one... We're kind of surprised we were able to get this one. We're very excited about this uh, because it's about one of the one of the hottest books coming out of Image right now. I know there was some difficulty for us to get a hold of it, um, and that book is Stray Dogs. And we are yep. joined by the creators of Stray Dogs, Tony Fleeks and Trish Forstner. Hey. Hey, hello. We're surprised that we could get on this show, too. We're trying to book this for weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish. Um, So so we're going to go ahead and talk about Stray Dogs. And uh, we're going to explain to you, as always, and we have issues style. Our goal is to convince you why you should buy this book. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to do that. But first, I do want to briefly go over a few things with, with our guests. Uh, to kind of give you an idea of where they're coming from and everything, and it will lead directly into the book. Um, so, Tony, I actually wanted to ask you because your name most recently came to my attention because I read Rick, all the Rick and Morty comics. Yeah. And I was like, wait, I know the name Tony Flicks. What's that from? And you're currently doing Rick and Morty Worlds Apart, right? For Oni? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently drawing that and ponies. Pony and, yeah. And writing Stray Dogs at the same time. Nice. I'm really, really enjoying the Rick and Morty book. I want to go ahead and uh, throw that out there, review it every time it comes out. Um, uh, for those who don't know, that Rick and, the Rick and Morty, uh, like, I guess, um, property, they're doing a lot of minis, is what they're doing with different stories. Some, some of them are even one shots. So, Worlds Apart is actually a revisit to Balthrama and the uh, Slut Dragons, which I was like, oh, they're going to make a series out of this. This is going to be excellent. And it's just as good as you imagine, guys. So, um, so I just wanted to give a shout out. I really, really enjoyed that book, and uh, it's it's just uh, it's killing it. I'm really enjoying that. So <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's Rick and Morty miniseries where they go way out there, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, the more continuity ones where it seems like it sort of fits more in with an episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like ours is is definitely one of the episode ones, you know, where it's just like here's some continuity from the show that you know. We'll go a little further with these characters and then introduce some new characters. So, like, it's got the slut dragons, but we got to make up new slut dragons and, uh, like, the, who's the enemies of the slut dragons. And so it was just like all kinds of fun stuff. And then just like a ton of drawing, uh, uh, Morty's other grandpa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who's a creepy little guy. Yeah. He's, yeah, that's great. And it's, yeah, that's one of the things I said once I started reviewing this series was, this feels like part of the series. It doesn't feel like, cause they've done a lot of one shots where they focus on say bird person or Jaguar, which is a lot of fun. But this one, I'm like, this feels like an actual Rick and Morty story, which I really enjoyed. So, uh, yeah. but I, I had to give a shout out to that and tell everybody, if you like Rick and Morty, it's a really great one to pick up. Um, and then uh, Trish, I want to ask you a little bit, cause you've worked on my little pony and it like you both have from, from w- what Tony was saying. Um, so 
I know you have, you have kind of limited comics experience um, from what I could see at least. Um, how was it working with My Little Pony? Because you, we talked very briefly before we started about, about the ponies and about um, different IPs like that. So how was it like starting with like an existing IP like that and something that you seem to genuinely actually care about? <laughs> well, that's actually like when I started in comics or when I, when I first envisioned ever drawing for a comic, that's pretty much what I thought of was I would work on an IP. I would work on someone else's thing. And, and as someone who's more geared toward animation, you, you're looking at character models, you're looking at, uh, you know, how a, a character acts and behaves, you know, for the property. You're, that's what I was focused on, like pretty much the whole time. You know, you're trying to make that character fit into their brand. And, and that's what I always thought I would be doing. Um, you know, working on your own thing is kind of, it's liberating and kind of, you know, terrifying in a way um you know because it's you know it's undefined already like it's it i think it's interesting and really cool at the same time but um but yeah working with my little pony has been awesome and i mean that wasn't like you know i didn't have aspirations of of working on my little pony it was just you know what i was what i was focused on at the time um you know i met uh, I I submitted too for My Little Pony like many times through um, IDW site and everything, and I got a, a you know a high five from Sarah Richard at and she put my my stuff in front of a uh, an editor and, and I got to do some covers and it was fantastic. So I started doing covers, then I did a couple of little interior one shot little stories, and then I got to do a full issue. It was fantastic. And, and while I was doing those things, I was learning from Tony and working with stray dogs. So I used that knowledge to go directly into my little pony. It was, it was just, they were both working at the same time. Oh, gotcha. So I want to ask you both, um, the, the pony fandom obviously has, there's obviously the really outspoken ones, the bronies. That's the one anyone talks about, but what they don't talk about is there's a really passionate fandom behind it besides bronies. And it's very important to a lot of young girls, especially. And so like, was that like a lot of like, did you get a lot of feedback from the fandom? Uh, because a lot of people work on ponies, uh, the voice actors, etc. Um, they, they have really positive things to say about the fan. And it seems like other than some outliers, which every fandom has, uh, they seem like a really positive, inclusive group. So I was wondering if you can, Talk a bit about the fandom for that before we move on to Stray Dogs. Well, funny enough, I mean, I worked for BronyCon, um, the biggest Brony convention for yeah. seven years. And, nice. you know, I worked on their um, their design team as the mm-hmm. uh, art director. And it the fandom is crazy. It, it runs all the, all the, you know, all of it. Yeah. They're great accepting partiers they you know some people just want to come and talk about the comics some people want to come and talk about the the show and sing the songs it's fantastic i don't know if you've ever been to a brony con but when the world comes back to normal you should try it it's great <laughs> you know what i might take you up on that <laughs> i mean it definitely looks like they have a lot of fun um and i i, I will say this other than maybe a, an anime or two, I can't think of a fandom with a more creative fan base. 
just making stuff like oh, yeah. it's just the crazy. Artwork is, I mean, that's how I that's how I found Trish. Um, is like sh- she had done My Little Pony artwork that I'd seen, and I was always just like, you know, like there's there's all these fan artists that you're just like, well, they're better because like I started working on the the pony property before I had even like known about the fandom or really before I'd seen too much of the show. Like it's just a job that I got. And then, so I started working on it and then I would just see all these artists that are just like 10 times better than any of us who made the comics. And I'm just like, what are the, where are these people at? You know, like <laughs> where, 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 where are they coming from? And then do I have to be afraid that they're coming for me? Um, and, and I met Trish at a convention. She was one of those artists that I took note of that. I was just like, Oh, this person does, does like the, the A plus version of this stuff, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah. not just oh, okay. that stuff, other stuff too. Like it was not just My Little Pony. Like I had a bunch of stuff out there. I was putting other stuff out on my table too during Brian's time. <laughs> like, yeah, come yeah, buy my buy my sketchbook and buy this thing that has other drawings in it. <laughs> Got to respect the hustle, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just wanted to kind of because I mean, as I said. um, a lot of fandoms get a bad rep for the worst people in the fandom. And so I, I know that the My Little Pony fandom is actually a really positive and inclusive and like loving like groups. So, um, I mean, the last BronyCon was a statement to that. Like everybody was just so excited to see each other. There was, it was like a celebration. It's great. So, um, never been, but I followed pretty closely. Uh, they're great. They're like just great people. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a, just a lot of, uh, positivity. So that takes me on to the book we're here to talk about. And I want to talk about My Little Pony a bit beforehand because, I need to talk to you guys about how we went from My Little Pony to Stray Dogs. <laughs> like, Please. Um, because artistically, I can see where we came from, but what was the drive to tell this kind of story, I guess? Um, let, we'll start with Tony, I guess. Well, like I said, uh, like I hadn't been deep in My Little Pony before I, uh, before I started working on My Little Pony. Right. Uh, so it's, it's not like I was taking a huge leap from like uh, being just like a full children's comic author at heart uh, into making a more adult work. Like I had made more adult work beforehand and I just sort of have been working on my little pony for a long time. So I have like, like that's my job, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it's not something I'm, I'm like struggling to get out of or anything, but it's just like, Oh, I have this other side too. Um, But so I've always been a fan of like uh, horror fiction, horror comics and horror movies. Um, And this idea for stray dogs sort of came from having an idea about that sort of thing. And then also having this background drawing these animal comics for, you know, at the time, like six, seven years where I just sort of like spent a a good chunk of my life dealing with anthropomorphic animals. And sort of like when I had this idea, it was something that wouldn't have come to me if I hadn't spent so much time doing talking animals, you know, like Mm -hmm. it it wouldn't have occurred. Like maybe I would have told the same story, but telling it from the perspective of the dogs wouldn't have occurred to me if I hadn't spent all this time doing telling stories from the perspective of ponies. That makes sense. Uh, Trish, what about you? Like um, I'm assuming Tony, you approached Trish for the project or yeah. So what would you think? You know, like he's like, Hey, I got this, you know, pretty suspenseful (laughs) thriller starring talking dogs. Well, first of all, yes. I mean, yeah, he he approached me at BronyCon, was it 2018, right? Yeah. I go over to his table, he tells me the story, and after I finished picking my job off the floor, because it was just so awesome, <laughs> um, I was, like, immediately in. 
And it wasn't because, you know, um, drawing My Little Ponies was like hindering me. You know, I've, I found that, you know, we were already drawing quadrupeds anyway. It would have, it was just easy. Yeah. But I could draw other things anyway. I could draw other stuff already. So it was just really easy for me to pick it up and move it along. Um, some folk, you know, when they draw My Little Pony stuff and in the fandom, some of the artists, that's kind of all they draw. That's kind of like their little corner is that's My Little Pony. And, you know, if you go outside of that, you haven't practiced that. You know, I, mm-hmm. I started drawing other stuff first. My Little Pony just kind of came into you know, into it from there. Yeah. So at this point, I want to go ahead and just give our audience an idea of what we're talking about. <laughs> so of us stray dogs, because I, hopefully you've listened to our episodes before and you've heard full reviews of the first two issues. But if not, uh, Stray Dogs is published by Image. And um, it is a book about a group of talking dogs. Uh, by talking dogs, I mean, they can understand each other, not to humans, that <laughs> is. Um, and there's a new dog in the house and she's confused. She's not quite sure what's going on. And then suddenly she comes to a pretty grim realization about her new owner. Um, and it kind of takes the form of an invest an investigation. Like it, it's it's really great. Um, but with like so it it is it is a dark tale, but with bright bubbly art. And it's a really great um juxtaposition, I would say, of the two. And um just to give a quick background about the two of us, me and Josue, when we buy new comics each week, um, we don't always buy the same books because it's expensive. So one of us will review something. Um, and if the other really likes it, we'll buy it the next week. Uh, Josue picked up Stray Dogs, not myself. And he reviewed it. And I'm like, this sounds really good. <laughs> and so so he had a week on me. He, he, he got like first printing and everything like that. It sold out so quick, I had to get second printing. And so. variants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of like a summary of what to expect, guys. And we would highly recommend you pick it up. I, th- I think pretty much anyone who listens to our show, it's going to be right up your alley. Um, especially if you like the art. And... Uh, that goes to me w- with the art. I did want to ask you about it, Trish. Um, I keep seeing online uh, that it the, comparing it to the golden age of animation or, or you know, the renaissance, I should say. Uh, yep. Like Marvel, or not Marvel, Disney, and uh, specifically like Don Bluth, I keep seeing come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was there a direct, like, are you directly inspired by him? Is that somebody that you really looked up to? What What would be the inspirations for your art style, would you say? Oh, well... I think the art style in the book particularly is more, it's more my style, but like influenced by Bluth. And of course that, that golden, that golden era or, and then Renaissance era of, uh, of Disney animation. I think the darker times of Disney animation, like the, uh, you know, you've got your, your Oliver and company and um, you know, that sort of thing kind of fits right in there. But yeah. um, as far as dog movies go, but <laughs> For me, uh, Don Bluth's stories were always really cool because they had this like darkness to them under the sugary sweetness of the artwork. You've yeah. got this like kind of really dark and dramatic story. <laughs> um, and, and that's kind of the, that's how it was pitched to me anyway. It was, you know, think, think of all dogs go to heaven, you know, how contrasting the heaven and hell scenarios are. And they have a scene in hell and it's just like, a little kid is watching this and sees that and is probably terrified. But then you've got the dog, you know, 
uh, and it makes it so much more palatable, you know. The only um, copium in that movie is how good that pizza is. <laughs> how good that yeah, pizza right? looks. Yeah. That really is good. super heavy and so dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we we um that's how it was pitched to me. And Don Bluth has always been a huge inspiration in my artwork. And I mean I just love it so much. I don't know if you can see, but I have you you can the the listeners can't see, but you can see there's an animation cell from the secret of Nim, which is yeah, you know, my jam. Secret Nim is great. One of my favorite panels that you did is uh is when they're rummaging through the master stuff and then she pops out and she says, like, when I find it, like that, de- that determination, but she looks super cute, like <laughs> such a great panel. So, like, so yeah, I know it when I find balance. it. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, definitely. I love that panel. I love the fact that you bring up Oliver and Company because as soon as I ask that question, I'm looking down and I'm seeing a picture of Rusty. I'm like, oh, this looks like Oliver and Company. And I love <laughs> Oliver and Company. So yeah, that's that's a really good shout out. And that's a Disney movie that doesn't get a lot of love. So oh, man. Uh, for, the, for those who know, too. they know. <laughs> so, um, and you I, know that was a dark movie too. Sorry. You know that Butler <laughs> was like, when that girl's like, listen, you're not going to tell your parents shit. I'm not going to find out anything. <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> I, I got away with it. <laughs> All those Disney movies where it was like animals versus people, always those people were like total monsters, like the yes. rescuers, rescuers down under, total yep. monsters in both of those, you know, like complete scumbags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Rescuers are easily one of my favorite uh, Disney films. Like, I love those yeah. two movies. They're so great. Um, I have a, like a head continuity where the rescue rangers are part of the rescuer corporate, you know, like oh. a lot of the Disney afternoon fits together through the rescuers, I think. That'd oh yeah, sick. that'd be awesome. Actually. <laughs> um, so I want to talk because uh, another thing is this book also stars eleven whole dogs. Yes, uh, we're not talking three or four; we're talking eleven, and they're very different. Uh, me and Josue have had a lot of fun with their names, uh, including Henry and other Henry. That's one of our favorite bits. As you two can see, I'm a big fan of Gucci. <laughs> yeah, we're big fans <laughs> of Gucci. Um, so I, you know, we you're designing eleven different dogs. The obvious question is, do you own any of these dogs? <laughs> like, or are they based on like friends' dogs of any sorts or anything like that? Yeah, it's um, a com- oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. It's a combination. Uh, some of the dogs, like other Henry, is uh, my is based on my ex's dog, um, and Roxanne is based on Trisha's dog, and then oh. Killer is based on a friend of mine's dog, and Aldo is based on uh, my manager's dog. Some some like uh, um, targeted dog placement where I'm just like, if I put my manager's dog in here, then he'll make sure and do business with this. You know, he's going to want to see his dog <laughs> in other media. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's a, it a little bit craven. Uh, but then a lot of the dogs are just like, well, we like Gucci was one where I was just like, well, we definitely want to have a Chinese crested in there. Awesome. And like Imogene's like we want to have one of those gigantic Mastiffs in there. Yeah, um, totally. And then Earl is like a classic, you know, both Rusty and Earl. I did the poodle. Like, I figured out the poodle. <laughs> the, the which one? The poodle. Oh, Henry. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Henry, Henry one. First Henry. <laughs> Henry part one. Both Rusty and Henry Earl one. and Sophie, I guess, are all just sort of like, <laughs> I mean, Sophie's a papillon for sure. And Earl's a hound. But they're all just sort of like cartoon dogs, you know, where just mm-hmm. like we want these to be iconic cartoon leads you know like mm-hmm. lead characters so uh rusty uh he's like sort of a shepherd Rusty's mix a shepherd mix yeah yeah but but he's just basically like whenever i would write him or when we describe him it would just be like he's like a 
Billy Joel, you know, like he's Billy Joel and Oliver and company, that sort of vibe, you know. Definitely. They're all very distinct, which is great. And it's uh, like, it's not even like that hard to pitch or hard to do. Um, when I, when I met with my partner and coming into uh, her folks place, they had 12 cats at the time, 11 cats at the time. Sorry. And they're just like, they each, they each wear their own personality. I got, you get to meet each of them. They're all just like, they're not just like just random animals are around They're You got to know each and every one of them. And then, so seeing this book has almost kind of come to life, but not through dogs. And I'm kind of seeing that a little bit. Uh, no, I, I, I love it. It's, it's super cool. Just having just a, such a full cast. And that's something that Trish is really great at. Um, and I don't even have to write it in the scripts or worry about it is she'll just have the dogs like sort of have their uh, character follow through in their acting and like little bits of business that they're doing. Like if they're not doing something in the scene, yeah, uh, she'll give them something to do. You know, um, we're working on issue five. She just did this great thing uh, that I can't spoil, but just like, she was just like, Oh, what if he's doing this? You know? And I was just like, that's crazy. Like the, the best idea. <laughs> Cool. Uh, issue two, Can't nobody's wait. mentioned it yet, but there's this shot where they're all looking out the window and Killer's just a little guy. So he's like sitting on top of another dog's head so that he yeah. can sit <laughs> like, It's just so cute and so funny, but no, like it's just one of these little cute things that she was just like, oh, we'll just do this. That's awesome. <laughs> one of the things we really, uh, really enjoy about the storytelling is the fact that the dogs don't have great long-term memory. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that makes, that makes it even more of a mystery and that makes it even more of a struggle to unravel the mystery. And it also touches on how much of their, their scent will trigger memory and stuff. So we really, really enjoyed that little bit of a touch of their, their characters, but they're still dogs, but it also adds a, a layer of drama and uh, intensity that what's going on is they could forget at any moment. So um, I know Josue really liked um, the fact that when uh, Rusty was punished and then, <laughs> They're like, once he got out, they're like, what's wrong with him? He's punished. What? That didn't happen today. You know, like we were <laughs> it was a killer. He just couldn't remember because he was he was the one that called it out, almost like blaming Sophie. It, yeah. it's, it's just too cute. I, I love it. It's like it's, it's such an intense story. And then you're just like, oh, my God, damn it. you just forgive them for being too cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of the fun of it is because they're dogs. Um, they're in this very intense situation. But some not all of them are in it all the time you know like if you have you know if you ever seen somebody walking like five dogs like they're not all going the same direction like this one (laughs) wants to go over here and look at this and this one's doing this other thing so it's it's fun and narratively it's fun because you know you can have this like single-minded determination from like sophie or rusty or whoever's like leading the issue (laughs) and then somebody can just go like hey uh are we gonna talk i thought we were gonna go play you know like or whatever you know like i smell something you know, it's, it's basically like in uh, in up when that dog sees the squirrel, you know, like they just easily can move on to some other subject. Does, uh, Victor, find, does Victor find his bone? I just need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I like at the end, it's like, wait, did we bury it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't spoil it. Okay. <laughs> so um, at the moment, um, from what I understand, this is a mini series, right? Is it a five or six? Five. Five. Okay. Five. I mean, obviously, the response to this is really great. Not spoiling anything, not trying to to drag anything out, but it seems like you guys genuinely enjoy this pro- uh, this property. Would this be something you'd really be interested in returning to in a different way? Um, I mean, Obvi- obviously, if they all die at the end, I'm wrong. But uh, <laughs> you know, so. they don't all die at the end. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> 
we have a couple other things that we're doing. Um, but as far as like people have said, like, oh, for sequels, you, you could do cats or, you know, copycat killer or whatever. Um, and <laughs> oh, man, that pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just like the I feel like when people get to the end of this thing, um, hopefully they want more. But also hopefully they'll just be like, oh, that was real satisfying. You know, like we were more interested in telling just like a very concentrated punch of a story where it's just sort of like you know like you get to issue 13 or something and you're just like do i want to keep reading this i don't know you know because mm. i go through that all the time um but there are so many like first arcs that i'm just like that was great mm-hmm. um and i just sort of respond to that more i i sort of admire uh the way that mark miller just does you know like he just does a story and then does another story you know um yeah. and so that's sort of what our plan is just do the story, have it be great. And then just let it be there. You know, uh, like, I, I don't know that I want to do like the disappointing sequel or the, the, the you know, like the <laughs> yeah. slump yeah. direct to Disney DVD. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The one that yeah that happens at Christmas time in between the two parts <laughs> issue three and four, you know, I'll defend, <laughs> I'll defend Lion King one and one half till my dying day. <laughs> <laughs> there were some good gems <laughs> but we are doing um we're doing a free comic book day issue um and that is a new prelude that will sort of it sort of like deepens the mystery a little bit mm-hmm. and sets something up that happens like further down the series it's, it's sort of i mean i don't want to give too much away but like something yeah. it sets something up that pays off later but also it just sort of like is like this intro that's like oh something creepy's going on here so that's free comic book day. And then that'll also have the first issue with it. Oh, nice. So if you miss the first issue and the second printing of the first issue, you can hold off until August and get the free comic book day. Although I would recommend, you know, hunting down, you know, you can go to comiXology or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also I believe we're going to do a, a, like a one shot after the whole thing's done. Um, that'll sort of fill because there are 11 dogs. There's all these characters and because the plot moves pretty fast, there's some characters that we didn't get to really shine a light on mm-hmm. uh, for, for too long. And so we're going to sort of go in and focus on some of those characters and tell little creepy little stories with them. So sort of like an anthology thing, still all by us, but like short stories about some of the other characters. Yeah. And that'll be towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um, that's like, um, what you said. Yeah. Just to keep the concentrate on the first arc. I really like that. One thing me and Josue talk about, uh, with a lot of minis is was the mini great on its own and can end there. Awesome. If it does continue, would it be good? Yes. But that's not a requirement. You know what I mean? Like some of the best comics ever are minis and we really like that. Plus, I mean, like, the trade the trade will be really great so <laughs> yeah yeah so. And we're, i mean we're hoping for you know like trade and then you know a year later like the big beautiful hardcover you know like we want oh, this yeah. to be one of those things that you put on your shelf and then you just go like you know somebody comes over to your place and they're like oh you got stray dog that thing's incredible you know like <laughs> that's that would be what we're hoping for <laughs> nice along with this so i gotta ask again we're talking about 11 dogs and i'll start with trish for this question do you have a favorite uh i am a little biased only because my dog is is inspiration for roxanne i'm only mildly biased 
but other other Henry, I think, is one of my favorites. Other Henry's one of my favorites. Oh, other um, other Henry I just, is like, my favorite. Do so many, <laughs> I do so many things with him, you know, in the book because he's got such a distinctive face that, um, you know, I don't. I draw him differently than I draw the rest of the dogs. He's just like this big, like dumb football player type dog that just kind of <laughs> throws himself into everything really happily. Yeah. And it's just great. What about you, Tony? Mine changes all the time. Right now I'm really feeling killer. Like I just like, <laughs> I'm just digging him right now. Um, but I also like, uh, I like Earl a lot, even though he's sort of like the grumpy one. Oh my God. Um, Don't break my like, boy's heart. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I don't, I, I want to know that story, but Oh, I know, right? That whole page of his whole day, of their whole day, is just like, it's so awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, that was a, like, there's, so there's a page where it transitions from day to night, just Imogene in the same spot. Um, and the, like, the day goes on around her because she's like a, just a person that is on the couch, you know, like she just chills. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something when, when we were originally conceiving of the comic that was like one of the first things i thought of was just like well there's this character that never moves she should just we should just have a whole page where she just stays in the same spot the whole time i love i love her eye roll when she's like when the other two are just walking by she's like yeah. oh, here i go <laughs> yeah trish killed it and then that's a page that brad simpson really killed too the colorist because i've just told him you know like this page it's like one o'clock this this panel is three o'clock here it's six o'clock you know and he just went and did it looks great that's the other thing i wanted to to give you guys a chance to shout out the rest of the creative team, of course, uh, if you wanted to. I know Brad does the coloring, um, and um, I don't have it in front of me. Tone, tone, tone. Thank you. Tone does tone. the yeah, does the layouts, and then Lauren, Lauren, Lauren. No, yeah, Lauren. Lauren does the flatter. Yeah, Lauren's say. the flatter. Yeah, and then there's another Lauren who who did our logo and design, and then um, Gabby is our, does our pre press. Lauren Perry, Lauren Herta, and Gabriella Downey found it. <laughs> so, awesome. Because we always like to shout out the entire creative team as much as we can. Uh, we we understand sometimes colorists and letterers don't get the respect they deserve. And we've been trying to make an effort with that. So um, Yeah. On this book, especially, like, the colorists really... Like, we just turned in issue four today to Image. And so we just got the last colors in uh, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um and it like we've had this book like we it takes us a long time to put this book together and so we've had the inks for a long time like i've seen the pages over and over and over again but seeing them in color uh just this weekend is just like man it's really a thing like it really looks like what it's supposed to look like because brad just does such a good job of like setting the mood and then we do this thing where the characters are all flat like animation cells and the backgrounds are painted like animation backgrounds um, and he's just so good at that. And it just, like, it just looks so nice. You know, I feel, I feel like I'm uh, tooting, tooting our own horn in interviews like this, but like the part that I do is whatever, but like, I'm just so proud of like, <laughs> the work that everybody else does on this book. It's just so, I'm just so happy and so ha- happy with the, the way people are receiving it and the way it's coming out. Yeah. Just like as an example, Rusty, like, He's beautifully drawn, but that color makes him pop. Like the eye color and the fur color. It's like, yeah, it just makes it's he's so instantly appealing. And so, yeah, it's really, yeah. really awesome like that. So, uh, Josue, did you have anything? What you I like about these dogs oh, and these, oh, what I like about the characters is that they're all kind of natural, but the colors kind of really pop against the 
the background a bit more because of the the style we've decided to go with this animation type style. Yeah, and and also I like uh, how uh, if we're going to briefly talk about the colors because you brought that up and now I'm not thinking about it. I like how muted the inside of the house is color wise, but then when they go outside, it's so much brighter and it feels like they're freer. You know, like that's a really good touch. Like I really dug that. So yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, but Josue, I wanted to give you a chance if you had any specific questions you had since you were the first one to latch onto this book of the two of us. I mean, honestly, I just I love this book so much. It's like it's like we haven't um, talked about like the master. I don't even want to say like the like the villain because it's like you know, I mean, <laughs> elaborated in, in the story wise, at least like not to to us. So I'm just so curious. I'm like like exploring that part because it's like we only get five issues of this and it's like we, we're talking about the full cast and I just want to know all of their histories because like they're all just precious dogs. But then the, we do have this, I guess, uh, adversary that we, that we need to cross, and it's just like I'm just really curious how they're going to play out because the whole the whole pitch, the whole the whole pitch of this book is just like, uh, yeah, Don Blues did uh, uh, Science of the Lambs, and it's like, all right, I'm all about this book. I'll be there at all five issues. <laughs> so now I'm just curious, like, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go with this with this character with the master? And it's just like, have we seen enough clues yet to kind of figure it out with just two issues in? Well, the the thing that uh, is sort of like cheating about writing this book is that telling it all from the dog's perspectives. Yeah. I don't have to know specific things about the master to write, the, to write the story, you mm-hmm. know, because I only know, I only have to really know what the dogs know. Right. Um, and I, I know a lot more, you know, like I basically mapped out what, what the master does and what the mystery is and and all that stuff. And then it's just a matter of like, how much do the dogs find out? Mm-hmm. How much do they see? And how do I show the readers what the dogs know? And even if the dogs don't know, like say Sophie knows something yeah. and, and Imogene knows something, but they don't know what the other one knows. So the reader knows both those things. Yeah. That's so, so much like, better. <laughs> God, I love so it. It's like the reader can put together a little bit of what, what the master does hopefully by the time it's all over you'll have at least a pretty good idea of what he does mm-hmm. but like you know when you get to the end of silence of the lambs you're like oh buffalo bill uh is skinning women because he's building a woman's suit you know like yeah. all this stuff and so like you know exactly what it, what his deal is and when who he's kidnapped and where they can like all this detail and stuff and, but because it's dogs um they only know sort of what they can piece together. And then we as readers only know what they know. So yeah. it's, it's interesting for a mystery. And it's sort of, like I said, it is sort of cheating because I didn't have to like build this rich tapestry of like what this ghoul is up to, you know? Right. God, that's awesome. Okay, cool. I love, God, I love this. Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, that's pretty much the, the questions that we had. Um, I, I of course want to give you guys an opportunity to uh, you know plug whatever you might have coming up or anything like that. But I did want to go ahead and let our listeners know that the next issue is out on April twenty first. Um, so we're at time of recording, two new comic book days away from that, uh, or one away from it. Yeah, and so um, make sure to reserve it because it's getting harder and harder to find, guys. It's 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 g- gaining traction. <laughs> And if you can pick up the other two back issues uh, to make sure. Um, I haven't looked for covers yet. Is there a horror homage cover for this one? Yeah, we're doing horror covers for every issue. Awesome. Yes. Can you tell us what the homage is for this one by chance? I don't Annabelle. Issue oh. three is Annabelle. Awesome. Annabelle. Cool. 
Okay, cool. It, I, I was like, I haven't seen it yet. So I, well, I, I was just trying to Google it. So It's a killer <laughs> is the doll. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> no, I it's love the only, I'll go for it. It's the only like modern horror movie that we did. All the rest of them are sort of like more classic, you know, older horror movies. Um, but Annabelle, uh, a buddy of mine was uh, wrote all three of the Annabelles and directed the third one. Yeah, there it is. Nice. Oh, <laughs> um, oh my God. Yes. Like, I'm going to get it so hard. Um, and, uh, and we sold uh, Straight Dogs <laughs> to Paramount. Uh, and that buddy of mine is going to is producing the stray dogs that that Paramount's trying to make. So we did that as sort of like a, a, a shout out uh, to our buddy who's who sent us a bunch of money. <laughs> nice. The the Pet Cemetery one was like was almost like an almost obvious one that had to be yeah. done. But damn, did it just turn out so much better than I could have ever thought to. It's like with with Rusty as the, as the ghost, as the, the ghoul that with the different eyes. Mwah, great, great cover. <laughs> Thank you. My yeah, those are super fun to do. Um, me and Trish sort of trade back and forth on the covers. Um, like I'll do a thumbnail and then Trish will do like real tight pencils and send it back to me and then I'll ink them and color them. Um, and then on the horror ones, I also get to go in and like do all the design and like try to make it as perfect you know like i'll search out the right fonts and like you know i try to to make them as perfect as possible make them match as close as possible so that's super fun and like very you know like uh like process nerdy where i'm just like oh to make sure that's not the correct credits font uh so i really get to sort of get into my bliss and waste some hours on those my favorite part of the Pet Cemetery one is the tagline because on the original it says "Sometimes dead is better," and this one says "Sometimes play dead is better." And I was like, "That's great!" <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that. So, um, but yeah, so uh, guys, you can check them out on Twitter and follow them. Uh, they're literally at their name, so at Tony Fleeks and at Trish Forstner. Um, and you can keep up with any updates on there. Of course, keep up with us uh, as we continue to review it. Do you guys have anything else coming up you want to plug? Anything you can talk about? Anything you can subtly tease? I have um, uh, my part of My Little Pony Transformers 2 coming May. Yes. And uh, cover for My Little Pony Annual also in May. That's where I am. <laughs> um, and I've got the last part of uh, the Rick and Morty book that you talked about is mm-hmm. coming out the, the third issue came out last week so the last part comes out in three weeks now or, or in a month that's all finished uh, that's rick and morty worlds apart uh this week <laughs> three comics in three weeks i feel really nice about this <laughs> <laughs> i'm not super productive it's just we like we worked on all these things all through covid so they're all just starting to come out now right um but this week, My Little Pony 96 comes out, which is the first part of a two-issue arc of My Little Pony that I drew. Um, and then next week is Stray Dogs 3. And then in June, I'm doing the next issue of My Little Pony Transformers. So Trish is in issue two, and then I'm in issue three. Um, and I'm writing and drawing, and I think coloring. Uh, so just doing as much as possible on that one. It's a story about uh, Soundwave and dj pony and octavia so it's sort of like these musical transformers and ponies teaming up together um yeah and then stray dogs five in june nice i'm so fascinated by my little pony and transformers i'm gonna have to <laughs> <laughs> that, that book is uh as long as i've been working on 
uh, Stray Dogs, which like we said, we've been we've been plucking away on it since 2018, 2017, maybe. Um, My Little Pony Transformers I've been working on since 2013, at least. Wow. Um, Like I started working on ponies in 2012. And then very soon after they were like, hey, we're going to do a Transformers crossover. And we started doing like these variant covers and like all these sort of like promotional pieces and prints and stuff and got real hyped about it. Um, And we had like a a treatment written and people did other covers. And then somebody at Hasbro changed jobs. Like somebody moved from boys toys to some other department. Mm -hmm. And then the the project just sort of got backburnered because they were going to do like toys, you know, where they put like a Twilight Sparkle and a Optimus Prime together in the same package and sell them together. I would have bought that too. Oh my God, (laughs) that's amazing. (laughs) Uh, But so it just got backburnered. And then for years, every time I would see my editors, I'd be like, when are we going to do Transformers? But like, that's the best idea we've ever had. Um, And they would just be like, yeah, they don't care anymore. And then one day they just email them and they're like, hey, they're going to do it. So let's go. And so, yeah, I did all the... Let's do it before they change hey, their they mind. Care now. <laughs> yeah, before somebody moves jobs again. So, yeah, then the first one did really well. And then now uh, we're working on the second one right now. I did all the covers for, for this run. And I did all the covers and the wraparound story for the first run. So it's been super fun to sort of finally get to... Like Stray Dogs, it's like a crazy thing when you say it. to You know, like before it's out, you can say like, oh, I'm doing this thing. This is what it is. And people are just like... <laughs> weird (laughs) but then once you see it you're like oh i get it cool you know so it's it's super fun that that's finally happening awesome well we're definitely going to keep an eye out for those and i always do my back issue shopping on the weekend so i'm going to keep an eye out for those because it it sounds crazy enough i just need i need to read it like i need to read it so, (laughs) so awesome well guys thank you so much for joining us for this very special interview with we have issues uh, as always, your host, Keith. You can find me at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find Hosway at Hosway Reads Hosway. You can find our producer slash co-host, Liz, at WHI Podcast Liz. You can find the show at, at WHI Podcast itself. And our sister show, The Jukebox Vertigo, at Jukebox Vertigo. Um, but as always, we thank you so much for joining us. Please pick up Stray Dogs. You will not regret it, I promise you. And as always, remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast.